belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. The message for September 3rd, 2023 is called Known, Mission. The speaker is Betty Wilton and the location is Clap Auditorium, Mount Sequoia in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Good morning, y'all. My name is Betty Wilton, uh, for those of you who don't know me. Um, And this morning, we are continuing our series, Known, and talking about our church's mission, what we are doing and why. And as I was thinking about our mission here at Grace, my mind jumped to pecan trees. One of my favorite books is a book called Breeding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmer. And she spends a chapter looking at the wisdom pecan trees have to offer. And I'm especially drawn to this chapter because my family has part of a pecan orchard down in Paris, Arkansas. And so they've been often a topic of conversation. Because the thing about pecan trees is that they are not at all consistent or predictable in their fruiting, which obviously can be really frustrating at times. Sometimes they'll go years without fruiting, um, not one tree, not one pecan. And it was so annoying because it seemed like anything that we did to care for them didn't really make any difference. Like they were just stubborn on their own. Um, And then when I read this chapter in this book, I began to see how this frustrating unpredictability actually also offers a lot of wisdom. Kimmer is a Potawatomi woodman and a biologist, and through spending time with these trees, she found that they were somehow communicating with one another and would always act as a collective, giving nutrients to those who are in need, waiting for one another, and listening to each other. And when everyone is cared for, all the trees, and they have what they need, they fruit together. When one tree fruits, they all fruit, the whole orchard. Together in this mysterious unity, they produce an abundance for all of those around, the people, the squirrels, the birds, the little kids picking up the pecans, the soil, and so forth. It just takes time. They never act as individual trees, but always as a collective orchard. And in doing so, they're able to give with such generosity and in a way that seems kind of counterintuitive to typical evolutionary practices going against this individual survivalist method that we see in so many other species. And I think that looking at these pecan trees and looking at the way that they act can actually help us understand our mission as a church. And just FYI, I'm really going to dig into this tree metaphor because who doesn't love a good tree metaphor? So just FYI. So we're going to start with the roots. What are our roots, right? What is grounding us and holding us together in our mission? Sometimes it feels like the whole mission, vision, statement kind of thing, organizational structures, all of that are like very modern concepts. Um, But we actually can see these questions were really relevant all the way back to Israel and Exodus. So let's start there. Israel is delivered from Egypt, and now they're in this whole new place, with a God they're still kind of getting to know, and they're no longer slaves. Everything around them is new and unfamiliar. So it's natural that they wonder, what are we doing and why? And they have to figure out what their mission is. 
and God helps guide them in this. We see this in chapter 19 when Moses is on Mount Sinai with God during the covenant ceremony between God and Israel. God tells Moses, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you, fully, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Through the story of Exodus, we see that Israel's roots are their communal experience with God. The thing that grounds everything moving forward is this salvation story that they share, this relationship that they've begun with God, a relationship where they've found that they can trust God's character in whatever comes next because of their experiences in the past. This trusting relationship is foundational. It is the roots. All through the Old Testament, in times of triumph and pain, the people are continually led back to this refrain of Moses in Exodus. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. When things start to feel wobbly or they're entering into a new place or just don't know what the heck they're doing, the people of Israel ground themselves in the character of God, reminding themselves of their roots, that, God, that the God that they have chosen to covenant with is faithful and is holding them, that they're safe in this relationship. And as we look at our own mission here at Grace, we also start with the roots. Like John talked about last Sunday, our roots tell a story, a history of a community that has learned through our experiences that we can trust God and that we can trust that God is renewing the world around us and is the one who brings wholeness wholeness with ourselves, within our relationships with one another and outside, and our relationship with creation. At Grace, our mission is deeply rooted in this relationship that has been built on the radically generous love that God has for us. And we can't forget that. For us to grow healthy and strong and in a way that leads to abundant flourishing, we have to continuously remember our roots and take time to nurture and deepen our roots as we grow. And rooted in this trusting relationship, what happens now? What was Israel supposed to do next? What was supposed to grow out of these roots that they had started to form? We see after the covenant ceremony on Mount Sinai, the chapters that follow are all about the law. The people are receiving the Torah, instructions for how they're supposed to live. And this feels sticky to me. <laughs> it makes me wonder kind of what they would have thought about it, but does this, it makes me wonder, like, does this mean that they're now supposed to go into this inflexible legalism and just live um, with these, with strict obedience to these laws that God's putting out, or can they kind of just do whatever they want now that they're out of Egypt, doing whatever's best for themselves as individuals? And I think that there's such a tension between these two options. I think that it's a tension that we all have all had to wrestle with um, in our faith. How we grow well, how do we grow well rooted in the love of God? Figuring this out is a, co a core part of living out our mission. As a church, we intentionally create meaningful spaces to wrestle with this. 
Each week, we have a team of people, our teaching team, who discern the text for that week together, wrestling together, bringing questions together. And on Sundays, we take time to sit with the text like we are now because we want to make sure that this is a place where we can unabashedly bring our questions and doubts. It took Israel a long time to wrestle with this tension. And I think even the pecan trees experience a similar tension, not the legalism bit, but bear with me. At times, there's individual trees that have enough nutrients and are ready to fruit, but others aren't. Sometimes the soil isn't right, or there hasn't been enough water, or maybe something catastrophic happened, like a fire or tornado, or they have a fungus or something. Whatever the reason may be for some trees not being ready, the whole orchard bears together. They must work with one another to address each other's needs. And this is also a core part of our mission here at Grace. As a community, we bear each other's burdens. We listen to each other's needs and hurts, and we utilize what we have, each of our gifts, our skills, our resources, to care for one another. Because like the pecan trees show us, we're connected to one another, and we can only truly flourish when we're all cared for. We live counter to this cultural, we try to live counter to this cultural narrative that the individual is the most important, and we should live for ourselves regardless of how it impacts others. One of my absolute favorite quotes is from a Murray woman, Lilla Watson, who captures this idea really beautifully, I think. She says, if you have come here to help me, you're wasting your time. But if you have come because your liberation is bound, with, uh, is bound up with mine, then let us work together. At Grace, we don't bear each other's burdens or journey together because we're trying to save each other. We don't do it because we feel like we're bound by this law. We do, we do so because we know that our wholeness our flourishing is bound up together. We need one another. And at Grace, we know that no spiritual journey is the same. We've all experienced different things, come from different backgrounds and traditions. We're a community of different ages, ethnicities, genders, abilities, education, economic statuses, and so forth. And this is really beautiful, and it can also cause tension and conflict. But like the pecan trees and Israel, we don't avoid the problems or the conflicts because we've chosen to journey together as we figure it out. We know that we're not going to be producing an abundant feast fruit every year, and that's okay. Growth isn't constant. We can't perpetually be in spring. At Grace, we try and remind ourselves of this seasonality as we follow the liturgical calendar. And it can be super frustrating <laughs> to have to experience some seasons, but we believe that we're able to weather these seasons because we're rooted together in the love of God. And then naturally, we also are gonna have seasons of growth and fruiting and spring, thank goodness, because it was all winter, I don't think I'd stick around. Um, so let's look a little deeper at what's supposed to grow out of these roots. We see Israel trying to figure this out, um, I mean, all through the Old Testament, but in Micah 6, and in this book, the context, Israel's in the midst of exile and serious crisis. The people are lost, confused, hurting, trying to figure out if legalism's going to help. 
And so the prophet Micah offers help to his own people by reminding them of their roots, reminding them of God's character and what their lives should look like having been transformed by God's love. In Micah 6, 6 through 8, it says, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O people, what is good. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? That is the growth the trunk, if you will, to do justice, to love kindly, and walk humbly with God. And when the people, again, start to get confused and and wander and think legalism or on the other side, the severe individualism is the trunk, Jesus comes and reminds us ultimately with the greatest commandments. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. This is our roots. And a second is like it, the trunk. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And so what's growing out of our roots here at Grace? What are we doing tangibly right now? Well, guided by this call of Jesus to love God and to love neighbor and striving to obey it, not because of legalism or anything like that, but out of our own experiences of God's transformational love, we lovingly and graciously choose to journey together, figuring out how to love like him and be loved ourselves. We tangibly do this by creating intentional rhythms and practices. Each Sunday, we gather together. And we remember our roots, and we listen to each other's experiences and wisdom and the wisdom of the text and serve one another. And I like to think of Sundays as the time that the pecan trees are talking to one another and meeting each other's needs. It's a time where we remember who God is and all that God is doing in the world around us. It's a time of nourishment and rest. And then, still connected to our roots, We go out individually into our busy lives, to our own part of the orchard. Each of us has an individual part to play in this ecosystem that we're a part of. As we go out, we use these unique gifts, skills, and resources that God has given us to bear fruit. And at Grace, we try not to be a super program-focused church because we believe that each of us has a unique role in our little subsections of the community. We each have opportunities to love our neighbors in different ways because we all rub shoulders with different people. And while each of us are playing that individual part, it's all part of the greater ecosystem and is all contributing to that, not just of Grace Church, but of the whole body of believers for the benefit of the world around us. And at times, we need to band together and meet the needs of one another. Our mission as a church, what we're doing, changes. Our why, the roots, remain steadfast. But like I said before, there's seasons. 
how we're living out our roots is going to look different season by season because people, resources, the climate, organizations, communities, all of these things change. It's natural. And right now, our congregation is filled with people who are serving in different ways. And maybe through the little question at the beginning, you find somebody that has a similar skill or passion or likes the same organization or same sports as you, whatever that is, because we can team up and we can work together. And this is, this is what I found so interesting about the pond trees, actually, um, in this piece of wisdom. Kimmer explains that they do this, that they show a capacity for concerted action, for unity of purpose that transcends the individual trees. They ensure somehow that all stand together and thus survive. Our unity of purpose, I love that, that our unity of purpose transcends the individual trees. And our unity of purpose lies solely in those greatest commandments, right? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And another way that we're trying to do this right now in this season is through the perch. And let me tell you, the perch feels like a long winter at times. That's the season. Seasons change. But even that, even in the long winter, we show up like we did this week, and we tear down drywall, and we pry out nails, and we drive scissor lifts, and, you know, all of these things. Because why? Because we know that spring is coming, right? We continue to work in these hard seasons because we want to use our resources to love our neighbors beyond Sunday mornings. Our hope for the perch in specific is that it's going to be a place of mutual flourishing for the community where people can find holistic nourishment throughout the week. We envision it being a place where people feel safe, welcomed, and encouraged anytime they walk through the doors. And I look at the pecan trees and remember that when we're ready, together we will be able to give generously and offer a place where people can experience radical and transformative abundance. In everything that we do at Grace, we do it because we believe that God is renewing the world around us and is the one who brings wholeness. And we do what we do because we believe that we have a part to play in this renewal. And as John talked about last week, a core way that we do this is by centering our practices around this table. Each week we come to this table to remember our roots. It helps that the table literally looks like roots. Um, here we're remembering and reveling in this radically generous love of God. This table, this practice holds each of us together. It reminds us that our liberation is bound up with Christ and with one another, that we're called to lovingly and graciously journey together as we figure out how to love like Jesus and how to be loved. This table, representing the love of Jesus, is open, inclusive, diverse, and available to everyone. And our mission is for our church to offer a same kind of space to gather people around this table and experience the abundance that God has on offer for our world. Whoever you are, whatever the journey 
that brought you here. Jesus welcomes you to this table. So I'll invite the worship team back up, and I'm going to pray, and then we'll enter into a time of communion. Jesus, thank you so much for who you are, who you have created each of us to be. That you are a God who brings wholeness. That you are a God who brings us together. That you have chosen to work through us, even when we don't feel adequate or like we have enough. But you continue the work through us, and your spirit guides us. We pray for our church as we continue to live out this mission that you guide our steps, that you bring us together and deeper in relationship with one another, with our community, and with you. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. If you would like to give, you can go to gracechurchnwa.org forward slash give. You can find more about us online at gracechurchmwa.org. Grace and peace.